Welcome to the WP SEO Show, brought to you by SEO Hive, your proactive white label SEO partner. The WP SEO Show is all about talking WordPress and SEO from optimizations, structures, setups, and plugins. We explore how to make your WordPress website perform better in the search engines. Here are your hosts, Pete Everett and Jeff Patch. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the WP SEO Show. I am your co-host, Jeff, here with my co-host, Pete. We have no other co-host. Hi, Pete. <laughs> hey, co-host, Jeff. I think for this entire episode, we should call each other co-host and then our name. Okay, co-host, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fe- I don't know about you, but like we're, we're a handful of episodes in, and I'm, I'm loving them. I'm getting much more comfortable kind of like putting my face on here and, you know, or my voice, I guess, depending on how you're listening or watching. Uh, but I still feel so goofy every time we start them, and I just don't care anymore. I'm just like owning it. Like we're just gonna. It just is what it is. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. You know. Uh, you, you know. I heard. Oh, I've heard many times that when you start a podcast, if you don't like cringe at your first dozen or so episodes, then you've kind of done it wrong. So the f- <laughs> the fact that you're feeling goofy and that you were creating something that you're going to look back on in a year's time and go, I did what? That's that's probably a, g- a good place to start. <laughs> well, this is the honest truth. And I was telling you a little bit before we got on, but I, you know, so I've been doing the editing of the YouTube videos and, you know, which they're top notch editing quality. I highly recommend you guys give me props for that. Um, <laughs> but the first couple, I noticed that every time, and I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this, but I noticed like I was always fidgety every time I'm talking and I'm like, oh no. And I stopped worrying about it. But then I was telling you before, I was watching one last night because it came up in my personal feed when I was just browsing YouTube. I'm like, oh, hey, there we are. <laughs> and I, I literally started watching it for like, 15 minutes and, and as you said you're like so you were watching a conversation that you've already had i said yeah because i found it interesting so anyway i guess what i'm saying is uh thanks for watching everybody and hopefully you're finding it interesting too yeah and and also when you see how many views we've had just be aware that a number of those are jeff in the middle of that yeah i've I, i'm pretty sure those are adding to the analytics so it is what it is but in all seriousness Any- in all seriousness, if you haven't, if you prefer to consume this content in video form, we do have a YouTube channel, uh, seohive.co forward slash YouTube. We'll send you straight on over there and please hit the like and subscribe button. And if you are especially generous, feel free to drop us a comment because that'd be awesome too. Would be much appreciated. I've actually been watching more podcasts that are on YouTube lately. Like even if I'm only half watching, I, something about them keeps me a little bit more engaged. So I don't, you know. Well, YouTube has this, uh, I mean, I know I'm going to say it's, it's had it for a while. I know I've been doing it with my, I, I do have another show that I, I run um, as well. And, the, uh, you know, I noticed when I started doing the videos for that earlier this year, YouTube has a podcast uh, category now, doesn't it? So you can categorize your videos as podcasts, which I don't know if it does anything or not whether it's beneficial or not but it has it so you can tag them there if you want yeah you can even set a playlist as being a dedicated podcast i noticed mm-hmm. i think the same thing i don't really know what all that's going to do or <laughs> but i was like okay sounds good you know uh, you know so that's uh that's fine we're uh, the internet is evolving it is it is now if we're just having a minute of honesty before we get into today's show and talking about things that this show is doing for each of us the thing that I was really conscious of when we started doing this in terms of the video, and I've, I haven't, I don't mean this to sound big headed at all, but I, you know, I, I've never been that 
nervous about talking on video. I used to do quite a lot of public speaking. I've done courses. I've done shows. I've done podcasts. I've been part of panels, that kind of thing. So being on camera isn't something that has been that much of a challenge for me. And I've been really grateful that that's the case. I know some people that have struggled with it quite a lot. But the thing that I found really weird was knowing how this was going to be edited, was knowing that I was going to be on screen when I wasn't talking. So not, not you know, I'm aware of like, oh, I'm touching my face or I'm, I'm stroking my, you know, stroking my cheek or I've got an itch. What do I do? Or all of that kind of stuff. I've just scratched my nose. I'm thinking about it now. But that that was the that was the, the bit that was weird for me was not the talking and presentation bit but the bits that were happening in between when i have to look interested at what you're saying because it's a very insightful <laughs> point there jeffrey <laughs> when you're not zoning out looking out the window or something well it, it, it was it was odd things like i noticed in one of the first shows we recorded um we were talking and i went and looked something up online during the recording but of course that was visible was me you know with my with my mouse and you can see the light change in my glasses and all that kind of thing and it wasn't that i wasn't paying attention and i was doing something that was genuinely to the benefit of the show but it was just a realization of crap people are going to be able to see me do that <laughs> yep you just reminded me that i need to shrink the window down and close up the things because i tend to do that i'll look at like my video up in the corner and i can't see my eyes dart over there and i'm like how do i look do i look stupid right now do i look i do now because i'm looking over there but Oh, well. Uh, anyway, hey, let's actually get to the show. What do you say? Uh, if we must. I guess. We're five minutes in, and probably everyone's tuned out by now. Actually, we are They're five just... minutes in. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's get on at the show. <laughs> <laughs> They're tired of us gushing at each other. Um, anyway, so today's show is actually uh, inspired by a question I had this week from a client. And lovely client, they will never hear this. Um, I... I almost feel like I am talking smack about them, but that's not the case at all. Um, they're very DIY. They are on like a very low level kind of maintenance plan. Um, and they're trying to grow their, their business. It's a health and a health, a beauty studio of some sort. And they were asking some SEO questions and, you know, they want to focus on SEO. They want to grow their SEO. Obviously they want more customers, blah, blah, blah. They don't want a, any sort of SEO audit. They don't. They just don't have the budget for it. They, you know, they I mean. So they're they're kind of asking the question. They're trying to get as much value as they can from like free email support, and I respect it to a point. You know, what I mean. So anyway, we're trying to help. The question they kind of ended things with the other day was, okay, so I understand. How do we add more keywords to the site? And of course, they're thinking there's a box somewhere that they can just go type the keywords in. But this is what we want to rank for, which is you know an honest, I guess. Uh, assumption for some people um and so i kind of just had to tell them like just use them just type right you know what i mean you've got to use them here you've got to use them there you got to use there's no like i can't give you a scientific formula on how to use them and where to use them but you have to use them you have to use them organically that was basically the the advice that i could give them without doing a full audit and so anyway we were chatting about that and it kind of inspired this this conversation and that really is you know, how do you, I guess, determine how often you use them, how frequently you use them? Um, I have, you know, some thoughts and methodologies that I've used. I'm curious what some of yours are and figured we could talk about those. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, how do you, how do you determine what parts of your site? Is it just your homepage? Are you writing content? Are you doing all of that? So, you know, for, um, I don't there's there's just there's so many questions i guess we yeah. could go into this and never ending there so I'll, i will leave it there and and, and see what kind of 
<laughs> so I I have this I have this um, process that I talk to with clients that can't afford SEO with me. Um, make that sentence makes me sound like I'm I'm like some weird SEO guru that charges thousands and thousands of pounds to be worked with every month well that's for not, context I mean. this situation we could have done an audit for like you know a hundred dollars i mean it's not a lot of money they, yeah. they're just not interested in it they want to diy it. and you know so yeah. yeah i don't know if it's so much about affordability but maybe they don't i don't know maybe they don't receive see the value in it yet or i'm sure they will you know <laughs> well so so this is this is what i tell I, I i tell people to to do two things the first is to get the book by marcus sheridan which is called they ask you answer and I have a copy on the shelf over there, and it is—it's a brilliant book. It, it, it's very, very practical. But actually, the premise of the book is this guy s used to sell swimming pools. Now, it, obviously, you don't currently sell a swimming pool because you have to dig a big hole in somebody's garden in order to to fit the thing. So, um, so he started. So he was selling swimming pools, and he basically started using the internet when the internet started to become a thing. And that's what took his business off. His business was about to crash and hey, presto, he used the internet and he saved the day and saved the world and, and you know, the world is a better place for it. All that kind of stuff. I'm underselling the book. It's a brilliant book. Go read it. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the premise of it is to use, the first place to look for any kind of content is just think about what your customers ask you regularly. What are the conversations that you have day in, day out, that you repeat on the phone quite a lot and start by writing down what you talk, what you talk to your customers about. And that, that is, in its simplest form, the, the easiest place to start. What I then say to people is when you've got, when you've done a dozen or two dozen of those, you feel a bit more confident about writing content for your website. Because a lot of these people, they, they don't generate a lot of content. So they, just like we were saying about not being confident doing certain things and feeling a bit uncomfortable doing this, some people feel that about writing stuff for their website as well. When you feel a bit more confident with it, I want you to do this. I want you to list down every service that you do. And I want you to write one paragraph about every part of that service no more than a paragraph and they become your service pages so you know for us that might be that we do content uh, and our content plan includes this and we go through this process you know this is the process this is how it works in our project management system this is what we get this is how much it's going to cost so easily can create four or five uh, paragraphs about our content service then what I want you to do, so I want you to do that for every service that you offer. And depending on your business, you know, you might have two or three of those. You might have two or three dozen of those. That, that's up to you. When you've done that, I then want you to go and write a blog post about every paragraph where you go into super depth about what, what that paragraph was about, why it's important, what it's, you know, why you include it, why you're the expert in it, why you can't live without it, what are the biggest questions that people have about it, what do you need to start, all that kind of stuff. So you get a, a blog post. And that blog post, generally speaking, needs to be between twelve and 1,500 words as a minimum. If you go a bit over that, absolutely fine. But if you're too much shorter, keep on going. You're not gone far enough. And then do that for every paragraph on every service page. That will do two things. Firstly, it'll give you a whole ton of content that you can create so you can prove that you're being consistent to Google, et cetera, et cetera. But secondly, it means that 
when you've then proven to yourself that this SEO thing is a good idea and you are actually going to get leads through it and you want to invest in some SEO and you come back to me in six or 12 months time and we're having the next discussion from this one, you will have started laying an awesome foundation for me and us and our team to go and start putting some more technical SEO on the top, some more complex SEO strategies and all that kind of stuff. But you, you've you done the groundwork for us. And that, you, you know, so that in a nutshell is what I say to people when they say, well, how do we get more out of our website and I can't afford to pay for it? So <laughs> I felt like I went on a bit of a journey through that because the first thought, at first I was like, okay, cool. We're, we're having, we're forcing the clients to think about some things and make some, some decisions and, you know, and then you got to the point where you're asking them to start writing all this stuff. Mm. I've never met that client. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally have hundreds of them. I, I don't know that client. Yeah. Um, but so, so I was kind of, I was, I was like, why would you even do that? Because they, no one's ever going to do that. But then you got to the last part where it really cemented how valuable that is. And that is having, even if they start some of that, even if they just start that thought process, right. And you come back to them in six months or a week, even, you know, mm-hmm. they've, they've begun it. They know where they're going a little bit. They may not quite know how to get there, but they've got the, those first steps down. And I never want to convince a client of something if they're not on board with it. But I bet nine times out of 10, they're going to go through that and go, never mind. This is too much. I am, I am hiring them. I'm doing the audit. I'm doing, I'm getting the consultant, whatever it is, whatever the solution that they are being presented is. Yeah. It's so much work. It's so much work. It's not, it's not insanely hard. It's not rocket science, but it's, it's a lot of work. And it's something that you as the business owner who you're, who is not listening to this right now, but you agency owners are probably, it's not what you should be focusing on. No. Well, look, so here's, here's the, here's the complete misconception with this is SEO is not free, right? Oh, well, the misconception is that SEO is free. SEO isn't free. SEO is either going to cost you in time or it's going to cost you in money. Now, so you either have to put the time in and do the work yourself. That might mean learning a bit about it. It might mean learning how to structure articles properly. We we can talk about keyword placement in a minute because I know your your particular client wanted to talk specifically about keywords. And I just then started, started going off about, oh, well, tell them to do this. But it's either going to cost you in the time to do it yourself or it's going to cost you in money to pay somebody else who already knows what they're doing mm-hmm. to do it for you. Now, they should get you results significantly quicker than you will get results yourself, but you obviously need to have the cash up front in order to to invest in it. But SEO is not free because time is an, essentially another version of currency in my view anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my take on that. I mean, I... I don't want to act like, you know, 23 hours of my day are booked every, every day, but I'm, I'm the same way when it comes to time. And I just get, I get so, I don't know, such internal dissonance when somebody is wasting my time or I spend six hours solving a problem because I'm the only person that's willing to do it. You know, I don't, you know, there's just situations like that. Time is very, very valuable. And there's oh, things yeah. like, I'll, I'll look at like, like buying things sometimes too. Like I love a good sale. I love searching for a good, a good discount on something, but then I realize, Oh wait, I've got to drive 30 minutes to save $10. Yeah. 
well, I know what I can bill a client in an hour if I had an hour of work to bill. You know, what I mean, like spend a ten dollars, stay home and work. I, you know, it, it would probably be the better solution there. Um, so, it, you know, that's I, I guess we we did kind of veer off a little bit, but this is the conversation I should have had with them. Is really what I'm learning right now. Is that, you know, I, instead of just trying to be helpful, I should have been a little more, uh, you know, point on the point there with uh, <laughs> some suggestions. So, so I, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, they don't really have a lot of blogs or anything like that. So, well, of course, one thing I did say was just write some blogs. You know, just try to get that going. But, you know, I think blogs, and you tell me this too, because I, I tell, um, obviously it depends on a lot of situations, but a lot of times one of the best ways to start adding new keywords is just with new blog content. You could write yeah. about anything, you know, semi related to your site, obviously more than semi, but you know, related to the site and, and everything, but you could write about anything. It's a great way to add a new, potentially new service you're testing and seeing if you can get some rankings for it or. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it gives you the, it gives you the ability to be, it gives you the ability to structure what you do in the language of the people that are searching for it. That's, that's one of the greatest things about blogs. We have, you know, we work with lots of clients and I, whenever I run a consultancy session, I use a stupid example, which is, you know, you, you, uh, you might sell tables and you know, it's a table and I know it's a table. It's a wooden thing, you know, that's flat with four legs on each corner. You put chairs to it. It's a table. But if the person that's going to buy it from you calls it a panda, you need to rank for panda. So it's a stupid example absolutely stupid and people always kind of give me that face that you've just given me but that the the i wasn't expecting panda (laughs) i don't know what i was expecting but panda was the last one (laughs) you gotta occasionally drop the panda in the conversation um the the point though really is that i understand that lots of people there's certain parts of your website that certain people don't want to mess around with because they're too worried about how it will look to their competitors. You know, you can't, if you're a carpenter and you build pandas, you're, but everybody, it's really a table, you're not going to have a category in your list called panda. But actually where, where you can then start to create a blog post about why this thing that's called, that you're term that you know you're calling a panda is really a table and it's got four legs and it's got this flat thing and it's got a frame underneath and it's held together with brackets and you can cook on it and you can sit at it and you can eat at it and you can play cards on it and you can do whatever you want you can use it for your computer all that kind of stuff all of a sudden you you've got the freedom to do that within a blog post that you'd never do on a category page or a product page or mm-hmm. something else and that that's kind of the beauty of the beauty of blog posts to give you a real world example of this um in my agency here in the UK, I work with a telecommunications company, and they do they do lots of things for for B, uh, businesses for B two B communications. They support call centres. They do you know uh, office uh, phone systems in offices. They do they do charity work. They can do multi site. They can do single site. They can do whole weird wonderful things with different phone numbers for different stuff. It you know they they can do really complicated stuff. But the key is that. They can only guarantee they can do that if they supply the least line into the building. So really, the the key to their sales is selling a leased line. If they can't get the leased line in, then they may not be able to do some of the other stuff. So 
but of course their corporate website they have to show that they do all of this stuff because if all they said was well we're a lease line provider they would get crap leads and a lot of customers that would be a really good fit for them wouldn't find them because well we're looking for a VoIP network or whatever it might be mm -hmm. and uh you know that they, they wouldn't be there so they, their corporate side of their site has to be structured in such a way we wrote them a blog um about two years ago this blog is now the most landed on page of their entire site not their home page not their not their VoIP systems page not this not their lease lines page this one blog what we did was we did some keyword research and we knew that we had to write a blog about lease lines. That bit wasn't negotiable. But the keyword research we did was about what are the words that go around lease lines? What are people in the B2B sector Googling about lease lines when they're looking for a new one? And that showed two things, advantages and disadvantages. So we wrote a blog and now th this, when you say it's not rocket science, this really isn't rocket science. This is like blog titles by joining numbers. We wrote the blog, the advantages and disadvantages of lease lines. And that one blog, and we could, because it's, it's a blog, there's no structure, you know, there's no um, a website structure around it. The page is designed to be as long or as short as it needs to be. We could go into serious depth about the advantages of lease lines, what it can do for your business, how it opens up all these opportunities with all these different systems. And these are the disadvantages of them because there are some and you need to consider this and the other. And what about fiber to the premises versus fiber to the cabinet and all that kind of, you know, we, we really went to town on this thing. We produced like four and a half, 5,000 word article on the, the advantages and disadvantages of lease lines. That one piece of content changed their business because it was a blog and because we had the freedom to do it and because it was targeted, so targeted at what they needed to sell and what people were searching for. And that was it. I think that's brilliant. It's really simple. <clears throat> it's pretty simple, but it's, it's really brilliant. And it could be used in so many different manners. I mean, that's a pretty kind of big corporate and technical um, type of you know service there. But I mean, that the same could be for plumbers, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you're, the, the plumber services pages can only include so much about what they do. They could be, okay, we fix toilet problems, we fix clogged drains, we fix, we change sinks, we do custom work. You know, okay, there's a lot of things there, but they're all relatively the same. And if you search for those, there's going to be 20 dozen, you know, plumbers that all have the same thing. You're going to get links from Home Depot about plumbing parts and things like that. But if you write blog articles that are addressing the problems that clients are having, I use this, I've, I've told this actually multiple times to people who have had Blummer clients. I, I probably shouldn't use this example because we give it out so much, but write articles about how do I fix, how do I unclog this drain, you know? And it's kind of the same thing from the the story you were telling, the, uh, the way you would walk people through the, um, excuse my brain fart here, but walk them through that kind of SEO question, right? How do I do the keywords and whatnot? Well, if they have writing blog articles about how you can fix your drain, maybe someone's going to read that and go fix their drain or fix their toilet. But probably what they're going to do is say, hey, this is really helpful. It's beyond my ability or tools or whatnot. I'm calling these people. And they never looked at the service page. No, absolutely. And you know what, though? Even if they do do whatever that article was, they fix that drain or fix that toilet or whatever it is, 
when they then get to a plumbing problem that they can't fi- they can't fix because it's in a wall or it's mm-hmm. it's it's in a sink that they can't get to or whatever or they just can't figure it out or they they're rushing off on holiday or they're at work and they have a meeting that they can't cancel that day guess who they're going to ring the guy that helped them fix the toilet so you, you you've even got the referral like you did the first job without even <laughs> doing the first job yeah so it, that yeah blogs blogs carry a massive power and a massive freedom when it comes to the ways that you can talk about things which is why they're why they're such an important part of 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 seo so that said there are a couple of rules to this now, i don't want this to sound heavy and i don't want don't want people to think oh well if we don't do it pete's way then it's not going to work that's mm-hmm. not entirely true but there are there are ways to include keywords. So the first thing to, to clear up for anybody that's listening is a keyword, singular, might be a, a number of actual words. So white label, uh, you know, a white label SEO, like we do at SEO Hive, is technically, well, technically two words because white label will be hyphenated, but it, it, it is a single keyword. Why don't we call them key phrases? <laughs> oh, don't start messing it about now. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure, but I don't think on episode seven of our podcast that the industry is ready yet to listen to us and make those kind of fundamental changes. (laughs) Just, just throwing that out there. Um, So first thing is choosing keywords. Now, if, if you can afford an audit and like the scout reports we do at SEO Hive, or if you, you know, speak to, speak to a marketing agency in your area, whatever, um, if you can afford an audit, uh, with some keyword research, that will give you the keywords that and the search volumes that people are looking for in your area or your nation or whatever the scope of the, the website needs to be. If you can't do that, then the best places to look for keywords are you can get a free account through Google Ads uh, Keyword Planner. It's not a very nice tool to use, but it will give you the will give you the information. Or you can look at things like related search terms. So if you type in um, broken toilet, for example, or block drain, to follow your example from earlier, Jeff, uh, into Google, and those those options open up, uh, you know, the related searches open up underneath it, then that will give you some related keywords. Likewise, if you click enter on it, you'll often get a people also ask but, uh, box within the search results. And if you open a few of those, it'll only show four or five to begin with. But if you open one, it'll add another three or four. And if you open another, it'll add another three or four. Now, if you open too many of them, you'll see that the bottom ones aren't particularly relevant. But you can get quite a few keywords just by doing that. Look at Wik- Wikipedia pages. Um, again, they also do related searches and that kind of thing. That'll give you a good indication of keywords. So there's loads of free places where you can get inspirations for how people are talking about things. Obviously, to do with the website that you're wanting to rank for. Don't just go on some random tangent because you'll you'll just waste a load of time. I was just um, thinking, it's very hard to say um, you having more content is bad. It's it, Let me rephrase that. It's pretty safe to say that having more content is always good. But it kind of needs to be related. Um, The plumber shouldn't start talking about auto repairs or, you know, something. And and you know what? We often refer to websites a bit like a book. So the front, the homepage is a bit like the front cover. You need to give a flavor of what's in the inside, but the homepage is an awful page to try and get a, a good chunk of copy on. So, you know, if it ranks for your business name, that's great. If it, just sits at the top of the tree to hold together some other strings that's also great 
But if it doesn't rank for too much more, that's fine. You can create pages underneath that to, to do that job. So, um, it, you know, it's also people often get misled into thinking that the majority of traffic will come in on their homepage. On most websites, it's only 30 or 35% that come in on the homepage. Everybody else comes in somewhere else on the site. So you need to make sure that wherever they're coming in, they can still get to other stuff around the website and the, the navigation works from, from different levels. So you decide on your keyword and you decide that you're going to write the blog. When is it the right time to ring a plumber to unblock a drain? Uh, I don't know if that's a good keyword or not. I'm making it up off the top of my head. Why did you Probably have to bring when it's drains? clogged, but uh, you know, I mean, I think I still think it sounds like a good title. Why did you have to bring up drains? We're now episode seven and we're now talking about toilets already on the show. I mean, so, so you, you decide you're going to write this blog. So the first thing you know is, right, the main keyword that this needs to be is blocked drain. Because that's the thing that if somebody has a blocked drain, guess what they're going to put is either block drain or how to unblock a drain. So you need to get those keywords in. So the first thing you need to do is you need to pick one of those as your main keyword. So uh, the title I gave you was when to call the plumber uh, when I have a block drain. So, okay, we're going to use block drain as the first one. So you put that in the title. So that needs to be in the title. That title also needs to basically be replicated in the, the, the address of the page. And if you're using something like WordPress, and this is the WP SEO show, um, WordPress will, if you put the title in right, WordPress will take care of the, the, the permalink underneath. It, it, it just does it. it it's, it's good like that. So you, yeah, you need to make sure it's there. You then need to make sure you use it, that word, so unblock drain, within the first 100 words or the first paragraph, whichever is the shortest. So if you, your first paragraph is less than 100 words, it's to, it needs to be within that first paragraph. So I've, I've already used the keyword three times and I'm not past the end of the third sentence, essentially. Um, when you've done that, you can then start to use it a little more freely, but it needs to be natural. We've just, if you listen to the previous episode, we've just talked about Google's helpful content update. The whole point of that is that Google is trying to make sure that it's not ranking spammy content that's just stuffed full of keywords all over the place. Um, it, it has to be natural. So start writing about the process of how to unblock a drain and when you're getting into the territory of needing a plumber, when you should actually be, you know, where you're going to reach the limits of a DIY job in relation to unblocking a drain. And, and just start going, just start start structuring it. Then let's say you want to introduce a second keyword into this, which might be drainage rods, let's say. Um, obviously, it's linked. Drainage rods are very much linked to unblocking a drain. So it, it is a theme that fits. Um, if you want to start including a second keyword like that, you then need to introduce it into the article in the right way. And the first way to do that, or the first thing to do is it needs to be within a subheading. So your your blog shouldn't just be paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. Try and break it up with subheads uh, all the way through. Those subheads should ideally be H2s. So the title that we mentioned at the top, that should go in an H1. If you're uh, somebody that's listening to this that's using a theme, the theme normally takes care of the H1. Normally takes care of the H1, I should say. <laughs> I like. We've come across many websites that don't, but the theme should take care of the H1. So 
all of the subsections that you then split up, they should be H2s. And then if those subsections have sections of their own, you use H3s to split those up and so on and so forth. You can go all the way down to H6, but I honestly can't remember the last time I used an H4, or H5, or H6. Uh, I feel like H4 is every now and then, but like H5 and H6, like <laughs> yeah, never. 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 It's like, you know, somebody was covering their ass when they made those up. So that's the... Uh, so you start by needing to include this second keyword. You you include it in a subheading in an H2 tag. In WordPress, you type it in, you'd highlight it, and there's a little drop down. You change it from paragraph to heading two. That's all you have to do. Once again, you then need to include that keyword within the first hundred words or paragraph after that heading. So you need to make sure that you, if it's drainage rods, that then the first sentence or two, you you're then also referring drainage rods again. And after that, you can then start to interchangeably use the keywords that you've... That, that is the keyword then introduced. So you can then start to use it in normal language that feels natural, that reads normally within uh, within the content again. And you can use the same process to inter integrate a third keyword. Once you're getting more than three or four target keywords, that's enough. Anything yeah. more than that, particularly on a piece of content that at most is going to be 15 1600 words that that is enough you may find that that piece ranks for other keywords as well or other variants of the keywords around that's absolutely fine um but intentionally only go after three possibly four per piece of content and they have to be related to the same subject you can't go in you know if we're talking about unblocking drains you can't then all of a sudden insert a keyword about toilet roll holders it's just not going to it, it, it's too far apart. It's not gonna. It's not gonna connect. So they've got to be on the same theme, but you can you can sort of introduce them, and that's the way of doing it. And if you can then include them in things like lists, uh, either numbered lists or ordered lists, or um, in maybe slightly different types of content um, that that might go around it, maybe some alt tags on some images, that all helps as well. But that is how you include a keyword in a piece of content or keywords in a piece of content. I love it. It's 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 work, but it's not that hard. Here's a bonus tip that I, I kind of just caught on to something you said there a minute ago, and that was that a lot of times you will find that it's ranking for other terms. And if so, I would suggest that's probably something you could write more content on and then link to it from that <laughs> piece. <laughs> Absolutely. Instantly, almost instantly, just have another ranking post on whatever that topic was. I mean, that was uh, that's look at those signals. Those are signals. Look at them address yep. them respond to them you know so so two two other things to mention on this as notes probably before we end because we have been going 34 minutes and we can do another episode on website structure because that's maybe going a bit further away from the question that we were, we were starting with but two things to note one is don't worry about plurals if you've got drainage rod and drainage rods google is intelligent enough to know the difference if you've got drain and drains google's intelligent so they are not separate keywords plurals don't make a different keyword the vast majority of the time um that's the first thing the second thing is what really brings all of this stuff to life is how you then knit it into the rest of your website and you've just said internal links and they are like dynamite when it comes to this stuff now of course when you start with your first blog post and your second blog post your third blog post you haven't got that many bits of content that you can link to of course you can link out service pages or you can link out to your 
homepage possibly i always think that's a bit cringe but you <laughs> you can you can create internal links but the more content you create the easier it then is to you've got more stuff that you can create internal links to now you don't create internal links on words like click here or read more or learn more no 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 don't do that you use you make the link on the keyword that the target piece of content i.e. the piece of content that you'll click through to was optimized for because that's that's how you you're wanting to say that flag to google that hey this page over there it's related to this thing but it's about that mm. so you yeah you so if you were linking to the article we've just been talking about you'd put it on either block drains or drainage rods that would be the keyword that you would have the hyperlink on on a different piece of content link in the process that people never go through and our team does it and my team in the UK does it and where we show huge value to clients but it is so simple that anybody can do it is nobody ever goes back over old content to find internal links so they you know what I recommend to people is if once once a month even if it's once a quarter grab yourself a coffee book 35 minutes 40 minutes in your diary and call it link building time and just look at the pieces of content that you've created in the last 12 weeks make a quick list of them and then go back through all of your well a whole load of your own blogs uh, and build half a dozen links from stuff that you created before these three months linking forward in time i because these blogs will be obviously older than three months old but so you're linking now forward in time to content you've created in the future essentially <laughs> and you can you can just build uh, like networks and networks and networks of lists of uh, links um within your own content which just sends your authority rocketing and that's what's going to give those pieces longevity in their SERP rankings I've never thought, I mean, this concept, yes, obviously we, we do this all the time, but I've never thought about the fact that you're linking to future blog posts. I've never put that in the like context in yeah. my mind. So you're kind of like, yeah. <laughs> it's like going back to a blog post in 2017 and linking to a blog post you've just written in 2023. Yeah. You know, you couldn't have done that when you wrote it in 2017. No, but you can now. So go do <laughs> time travel, internet time travel. I love internet it. Time I love travel. it. So I think we're, I feel like we're definitely going to have a follow-up to this. So I think on that note, if, if you guys are watching this uh, on YouTube or anywhere, you can send us a question, a comment. I'd love to know kind of some of your thoughts and questions on, on this topic, because I think the whole other half of this conversation that we will not <laughs> talk about right now is it doesn't have to be just blog posts. I mean, that nope. for, in, in our opinion and, you know, with the work that we do, it's a, it's a great uh, avenue. It works very well for most of our clients, but these th same concepts can and will apply and should apply to your other internal pages, your service pages, you know, your homepage to an extent. Um, it's just that by blogging, you know, you're allowed to just keep, keep adding content, just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep growing, keep adding more related, semi-related, unrelated, you know, topics and just keep growing, linking and creating a just cycle. The last thing to say, the last thing I'll say on this anyway, is that don't be disheartened if by creating one piece of content, you don't get onto page one or position one for a particular keyword. Keywords vary in their competition level. 
So some keywords, you might have to write 100 blog posts to get one of them to rank in position one. That's maybe an extreme example, but you might. Um, whereas, you know, there's other topics or other keywords where you'll just hit one piece of content and there you go. Sometimes you might have to write more. Sometimes, it, technically word count isn't part of Google's algorithm. That is something that at the time of recording this episode, we know is true. However, if everybody on page one has written four and a half, 5,000 words and you've written 800, you've kind of brought a knife to a gunfight. So you're, <laughs> you're not in the right ballpark. So it, it's, it isn't a ranking factor, but you'd need the best 800 words to even stand a chance. And again, if you're DIYing this, not being, not being rude or anything, but they're probably not going to be the best 800 words out there on the internet about it. So you need to be aware of what other, occasionally you need to be aware of how much other people are writing about topics. But that's, um, yeah, that that's, don't be disheartened. You, at the very least, by writing a decent blog that has keywords introduced in the right way that goes to a good level of depth and is genuinely helpful to the person that's going to read it, at the very least, you will have helped build some authority in your profile, which will help future pieces of content rank. Absolutely. I, I think one last uh, kind of important aspect of this too is it's all relative to the location that you're marketing to. So if you're trying to rank nationwide across the United States, good luck. It's going to take a lot of work. If you're trying to rank number one in Norco, California, the small town of 25,000 people that I live in, it's pretty easy. You yeah. know, it's <laughs> pretty yeah. Because I've looked I mean, for for how to unclog drains, and those those articles aren't there in my whole area. <laughs> well, and and yeah, you know, you've got to be completely contextual about it as well. And I worked at an e-commerce agency for three years, and we wanted to rank for Sage website integration. Now, Sage Sage was a business management platform. Well, it was Sage Pay. Sage Pay was part of what they did. Um, say they, they did a lot, have far bigger bits of software than that. And we wanted to rank for Sage website integration. And it took nearly the entire time I worked there to get into position one because yes. we had to create that much content in order. It was so competitive. But to give you an example, we got to top spot, number one organic result. The person above us was paying 68 pounds a click, which is about 90 odd dollars a click. So it was very commercially viable for us to be there. I've never spent that much money on ads. It just, it just. <laughs> Neither did we. We we wrote a whole load of content and paid people salaries so that we didn't have to pay ninety dollars uh, $90 a click. That always just blows my mind when I think people are, are willing to spay, spend upwards of a hundred dollars, probably more in some niches just for a click. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it was, it was grandma clicking on accident. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well you know you will get some of that you know she was oh, looking yeah. for like some sage stuffing to go with the chicken and all of a sudden it's cost you 90 dollars you know <laughs> i saw a report from a client the other day and an adwords report and they'd been paying an adwords specialist we're now going off topic again so i'm guessing we're coming into land here uh, they'd been paying an adwords specialist for six months and all of their camp all of their keywords were still on broad match and I'm just like, what are you doing? Just that, that is not good 
how much money have you wasted on this thing? Yeah. Yeah, hopefully they're getting something out of it, but it's probably being spent frivolously. Yeah, I I can believe it. Anyway, I haven't seen a report like that in a long time, but hey-ho, there we go. I remember when you saw that the other day, uh, your response was, oh, you felt so bad for the... Well, this so to give to give the full context of this, and if the guy lis- is listening to this, he will know who he is. But I'm not going to name you, so <laughs> no shame. Um, but the I the guy in his first email said, "Here's the report. I would really appreciate it if you would audit it. I don't mind if you start the clock ticking and charge me for it." And I looked at this report and felt so bad about what I was seeing. I gave him my recommendations free of charge. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to charge him for my time to do this because he's just been fleeced for so much money. Anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, it's hard. There's so many... Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of an apologist for people a lot of times, try too much. And so I almost want to like apologize for whoever is doing that for him and think... I'm hoping they're not doing it maliciously. They just probably are unaware. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I hope he's not being ripped off. It's just an honest, you know, oversight or something. But anyway, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Anyway. I, all I know is you would have reached out and given them a hug if you could have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was that obvious. It was that yes. obvious in the comments of it. So anyhow, well, look, that's that's been this episode. Once again, it's been fun. Um and you know if you have any specific questions we didn't talk about this earlier but if you have any specific questions you would like us to address on the show not in an agony uncle kind of way because that would be weird but (laughs) in a specifically in an seo to do with wordpress kind of way feel free to drop us an email at hello at seohive.co or uh you know drop a comment on our podcast videos uh youtube videos or whatever and we'll uh we'll see if uh, we can work them into some shows in the future yeah we're still getting everything going but we've had an awesome response already so far and um you know the handful of just really kind supportive messages from friends and people in our network and I even you know hopped on a, a call the other day that i did not know the person like i usually kind of have an inkling of who they are or where they came from and they're like man i'm listening to the podcast i was just like really awesome thanks <laughs> like <laughs> okay cool like you know it's just it's so cool but i think we're both we probably gushed for half an hour before we even started this just about kind of how you know, mind blowing. It's, it's been to start this and the response and stuff. So thank you everybody. And, um, you know, like we'd really would love some actual questions to kind of help us steer things. And we want to make content that you guys want to hear, uh, or read or listen to or watch or whatnot. So don't uh, hesitate to speak up. Absolutely. So I guess we'll see you in the next show. That'd be fun. The WP SEO show is brought to you by SEO Hive, your agency's proactive white label SEO partner. We understand that finding a reliable SEO supplier is key to ensuring you build stable monthly recurring revenue into your digital agency. At SEO Hive, we have a suite of products that will help you sell, scale and deliver your monthly SEO retainers from our scout reports and one-off technical boosters to our flagship local SEO and honeypot plans all of which have clear pricing and monthly deliverables. If you want to explore how SEO Hive can help your agency deliver high quality and reliable SEO agreements for your clients, you can find more information at seohive.co and schedule a call to discuss the next steps.